And the ushers will make sure you get one. Again, excellent lesson that Bishop will be teaching on Sunday, and we've been teaching about this now from Bible studies, and we're going to go at it again. Before we do, impact is canceled on Friday night, this Friday night, because we'll be having our POP leadership meeting here. So I have given out the letters to those that needed those, and so if you received a letter, I hope to see you here at the Palace of Praise at this leadership meeting. It's important that you be here for the leadership meeting, so keep that in mind. And then Saturday work crew is the Burtons, so if you're on that team, hopefully you'll be here on Saturday or coordinate with them when you can do your part. And then welcome to Bible study tonight. Amen. We'll do another Bible study. Amen. We're going to do it on this subject. Amen. Bishop just talked about this. And um, as you notice, we only got about halfway through our handout last week. I hope we get further this week. But So we took and picked up from about halfway. We read a story there, and I want us to go back and, and read it again. And we're talking about persistence in prayer because that was just the beginning of that section of the Bible study dealing with persistence in prayer. And so Luke chapter 11, and we're going to read that again tonight. So if you would go there, Luke chapter 11, I hope it's all right. But um, for these Bible studies, uh, I thought we'd uh, use the Bible. Um, <laughs> I hope that's all right. Uh, there's several, several locations, as you see on your handout from the Bible. So that's always a good sign when you're teaching a Bible study, that you're using the Bible. We have churches that are preaching sermons without the Bible, <clears throat> but we won't go there, right? So it's good to have Bible studies with the Bible. I believe it's important. I know some of you are still turning. I can hear the pages, Luke 11, 1 through 13, but it's important that the church be rooted and grounded in the Bible. We've heard it said many times, the only thing you're going to be judged by is the Bible. It's not opinions or any of those things. It's the Word of God. That's what the Almighty God of Heaven is going to judge you by is what's in the book. So if we go by the book, we're going to make it all right, folks. Amen. Amen. So Luke 11, if somebody would like to read 1 through maybe uh, 6 or 7, make it 7, 1 through 7. That will be halfway. Luke 1 through 11. Go ahead, Brother Walker. Yeah, you can go to seven. Go to seven. Mm -hmm. I'll be halfway. Somebody else want to do eight through thirteen? Eight through thirteen for us. Different voices keep people awake. Yes, Brother Hendrickson.
We serve a great God. And uh, you don't have to beg God for the Holy Ghost. Just tagging into that verse 13. You don't have to beg God for the Holy Ghost. When you get yourself where you need to be, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I re, Just rehearsing these, la, these first five slides from last week, and uh, as you heard Brother Hendrickson reading there, his importunity, and as I mentioned last week, the importunity actually means shameless persistence in requesting or demanding. I mean, just demand, demand, demand. You see the word that he used there in verse number seven, trouble me not. <laughs> trouble me not. Importunate means to be troublesome. <laughs> to trouble with request or demands to ask for urgently. And apparently that was what the guy was doing because he said, trouble me not because you are just hounding me for the answer. And I talked about that last week that, you know what, we really need to be seeking the face of God. And we're going to talk about tonight where we need to be seeking the face of God more than just our one time. And this, this guy here wasn't turned away with the first go away. <laughs> he was not turned away with the rejection uh, because his need propelled him to continue to press on. And look at this, if you would. Here's another one. And it is Luke chapter 18, 1 uh, through 7. If you'll go there, Luke 18. It's just seven chapters back there. If somebody would read that for us. Luke 18, 1 through 7. Luke 18, 1 through 7. If anybody wants to read that for us. We didn't get to this one last week. Luke 18, 1 through 7. Yes, Brother Burton. This verse is a scripture. Yet because this widow, there we find that again. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. She's bothering me. As I told you last week, she was not on the bars this being a nag. <laughs> Our kids are good when they're small at being a nag. Hopefully, none of our spouses are nags, <clears throat> but our children can be a nag. They just keep on and 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 keep on. And keep on, and keep on, and keep on, and keep on. Am I not nagging you right now by saying keep on? Yeah, I'm starting to irritate some of you because I just keep on, and keep on, keep on. Time after time, they keep coming back and say, can I have a cookie? No. Yeah, it's almost like they have major short-term memory 
issues. Because five seconds later, they say, can I have a cookie? No. And then after about the 700th time, what do most of us end up saying? Yes, be honest. It's either yes or we beat the dust out of the pits. And one of the two things are happening there. <laughs> because that's what happens. What happens is it's just coming back over and over and over again. Why did this lady keep coming back day after day? Why did she keep coming back day after day? Because it was important to her. She came back day after day because it was important to her. Ready? How we value the need determines how we pray. If we don't value people's salvation, then we won't pray for them. Okay, ready? Why is it we pray so hard for a raise on our job? Because we value the raise on the job. Why do we pray that God provide this or give me that or do this and that? It's because we value it very high. Then why is it that we don't pray for other issues? Because they don't get very high on our list of things we value. So that's the truth. You can say amen right there. Because that's the truth. Why did she keep coming day? Because it was important to her. How we value the need determines how we pray. And in conjunction with that, how we love God determines how we pray. Amen. It does. The need and our love. Why was that person in Luke chapter 11 bugging and nagging that person to death? Because they had a need that went way up on their list of priorities. It was extremely important to them. So they nagged and nagged and nagged until they got it answered. Let's, qual let's, let's, do, let's take a moment here in qualifying repetitious prayers. Qualifying repetitious prayers. Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 7, if somebody would like to read that for us. Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 7, and we're going to dispel something that is not true uh, tonight. And then we're going to show something that is a principle of the Word of God. Matthew 6, 5 through 7. Somebody want to read that for us tonight. This is qualifying repetitious prayers. Go ahead, Brother Hendrickson. Night, qualifying repetitious prayers. He made the statement, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions. You know, it's an interesting thing in this study I found too, that word heathen there. <laughs> so interesting, that same word translated in the New Testament was in every other place in the New Testament has actually translated Gentiles. <laughs> it's really, there was really only two categories of people the Jews and the Gentiles, God's people and those other people. And in this portion of Scripture, he says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Oh, so then, uh, pastor, according to this verse, God doesn't want us to pray for the same thing more than once. 
We don't need to be just, you know, praying for it over and over again, you know, because we got it on our list and we just need to pray for it over and over again. So we don't need to be praying for it more than once. It's really quiet in here right now. I think I can hear somebody breathing in here. Well, let us look and see if the Bible confirms this assumption. Matthew 26, 36 through 44. Matthew 26, 36 through 44. See if the word backs that up that, you know, if we really have faith in God, and since God doesn't forget anything, why don't we just pray one time, it'll be the end of it. We don't need to be praying over and over again. Because one time is enough. We move on to the next thing. Vain repetition, we're just praying over and over and over again. The same thing. Saying the same thing over and over again. Somebody want to read for us tonight, 36 through 44? Anybody? Go ahead, Brother Walker. Let's look at this portion of scripture. Verse 39 said this. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not, my, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Is that in that portion of scripture we just read? Well, that's number one. He prayed right there. That was the first time he prayed in that portion of scripture about that specific thing. That's what he said. Verse 42 says this, But he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Guess what that is? That's number two. <laughs> oh, verse 44 says, and he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same, word. same words. Yeah. If I count right, that's number three. Yeah. Now, I believe that Jesus Christ is probably a good example of prayer. What do you think? Yeah. So if he could pray more than once, for an issue, I think then we could probably pray more than once for an issue. Because we're going to qualify that verse while ago and what he was talking about. It was not about him praying once or twice or three times. If our example of prayer, pray three times in the same setting for the very same thing, saying the same words, then I think it's all right for us to pray for the same need day after day after day. Because he gave us an example. You may, be say, you may say this, it's been on my prayer list now for three years and I've been praying every day for the same thing. Well, keep praying. I said keep praying. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. You guys say, well, that was Jesus Christ. That was Almighty God in flesh. That was who that was. That's kind of a little unfair to pick somebody with that like that for us to compare our prayer life to or what we should be doing. Well, okay, 
Let's go to the Old Testament to somebody who didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And let's see what happened then. In 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46, somebody would like to read that for us tonight. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. There's a lots to be said about our chapter that we just read a while ago in Matthew 26, but I'm skipping over some of this stuff. But there's a correlation between you staying saved and prayer. <laughs> okay? And if you're going to stay saved, you're going to have to pray. And you may have to pray over the same thing you're struggling with over and over and over and over again because you're battling with it in your flesh. And to just pray one time may not do the job. Pray that you enter not into... Yeah. But you may have to pray for that more than once, for that same issue. Anyway, somebody want to read? Giving you time to get there, chapter 18. Yes, Brother Anderson. Now, I want you to read the very first part of that again. Read that again. And church, listen to what it says. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait. There is a... Of... And not just rain... An abundance of rain. You may be seeing, this is not making any sense. Because later he goes and he prays. And he prays. And he tells the servant, can you go and see if there's any sign? Is that what the scripture says? Is that not what the scripture says? Go look and see if you can see a sign. But the prophet, before he ever even bent his knee and prayed in this portion of Scripture, already looked at Ahab and said, what did he say? I... What was going on? Folks, <laughs> we got to have enough faith in God that we can believe that God's going to do it before we ever bend our knee to ask for it. Because if you can't really believe God is going to be able to do it, then why are you wasting your time in praying? See, he looked at the king and he, the, it was already a done deal because God had already said, I'm going to send rain. So it was already, God's already given us promises in this book. He already had it promised, so then he speaks the word of faith and says, you know what, There's, the rain's coming, buddy. This is what's going to happen. Now I'm going to go pray. <laughs> is that not what happened in the scripture? It's exactly what happened in the scripture. He didn't say, he goes and prays seven times and then comes back and tells him, hey, the rain's going to be coming. No, he said the rain's coming. Now I'm going to go pray. Now that's faith. Because he was telling his enemy that the rain was going to come. Because he had that much faith in God that God was going to answer his prayer. But did you also see this? Elijah prayed seven times in succession for rain. Oh, he prayed seven times because he really didn't have faith. 
Bubba, before he ever went and prayed, he already said the rain's coming. He had a lots of faith in God. He knew the rain was going to come. But guess what? Even though he believed and had faith in God that God was going to answer, he still needed to bend his knees and pray. And he still needed to do it not once, not twice, not three times, four, five, six, but seven times he needed to do it. And guess what? Every time he bent his knees, was he is an exercise of faith in God. Every time he built his knees, guarantee you, in his mind, he was probably saying, this is the time. After this prayer, God's going to answer. But he didn't. Oh, then after this time, he's going to answer it. He didn't. I'm just going to keep, come on, I'm, I'm talking to someone tonight. Just going to keep on praying and keep on praying. Don't put the names on the list anymore, Pastor. Oh, yeah, we're going to put them on the list. Why? Because our faith says God's going to draw these folks to salvation. So then we put them on here and we bend our knees and keep asking. Amen. <laughs> it's faith that causes us as a church to post those on that screen. Because if we did not believe that God could do it, then we're wasting our time by putting names on the screen. But by faith, I'm saying... God's going to give us souls. By faith, I am saying individuals are going to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. By faith, I say individuals are going to be baptized in Jesus' name. By faith, individuals are going to make a commitment to God. Now, I'm going to bend my knee and pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Why? My faith drives me to prayer. If you have no faith, you're not praying anyway. If Elijah didn't believe it was going to rain, he'd have never prayed. Wouldn't have wasted his time. Without any sign, he already knew God was going to answer. Why? You ready? Because he was praying in the perfect will of God. And there's a sermon within itself. When we pray according to the word of God and the will of God, then we can have faith that God then will probably answer it. If we pray against the will of God or contrary to his word, mark it down, that prayer is never going to be answered. He cannot answer because he's bound by his word. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? So pray, folks, this book instructs us to be praying for individuals. If we're doing that, then we're obeying the book, then we can have faith God's going to do it. Look at somebody near you and say, God answers prayer. Now, you ready? Here's your question. Did God answer Elijah's prayer? Answer is, come on, say it nice and loud. Yes. yes. Now then, let's qualify persistent prayer. Conclusion is this. Then it must be all right to pray for something more than once. Because... If it's God that answered Elijah's after praying seven times, then it must be all right with God for us to pray more than once for an item, and then God will answer. Here's the reality. You ready? The majority of your prayers <laughs> will not be answered on the first prayer. I got a witness in the house. <laughs> That's reality. Sometimes one prayer, God does it. Sometimes a thousand prayers, then God does it. But God still answers prayers. You've heard this before. When he doesn't answer, it may be a good answer. <laughs> because he just blessed you. I taught that the other day about when you're asking for a raise and he doesn't give it to you. You were looking at it as a fish. God seen it as a snake or a serpent because then you would be blessed with a raise and you'd forget about God. So then it's no longer a fish. Uh-uh. Then that blessing would have become a curse. So then God has blessed you what? By not giving you what you thought was a fish. Because God knew what it was going to turn into. We've seen it right here at the Palace of Praise. People come in with nothing. Absolutely nothing. And God bless them and bless them and bless them and all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. So their blessings became a curse. And they would be, I, I, I can name them. Bishop could name them. 
and have them stand in church. I can still remember, folks, them asking for prayers for God to help them get a good job or get a raise and all those things. And church prayed and God answered. And then those answered prayers then became a curse to them. Folks, it's not just praying, but it's praying, not my will, but thine be done, God. He gave us a good example in that prayer. Lord, whatever is best for me is what I want. Because what I may want may not be good for me at all. Just like the other day when we were at the cheesecake factory. Mm, that cheesecake was not good for me, so I passed on it. <laughs> but I wanted it. <laughs> but I passed on it. There were some other individuals that were weaker than I that did not pass on it. <laughs> I got to move on. Jesus gives an example of how we are to pray. Here we go. Luke 22, is this all right? 39 through 46, we're doing some Bible study tonight. I hope you can handle the Bible study tonight. What are we saying? Repetition in prayer. Keep praying. <laughs> Keep praying. There's some of you that want to see some of your loved ones saved too. Keep on praying. Some of you are saying, wait a minute, it's a seven-year drought here. We get, it's pretty dry and dusty around here. <laughs> yeah, Elijah, yeah, that's right, Rocky. Keep on praying. Don't let what you see or what you feel. <laughs> Are you ready? He told the servant, go look. The servant came back and said, don't see anything. But he still prayed. <clears throat> you ready? Don't even let what some people say to you sometimes. <laughs> There's a sermon right there. Because <laughs> some blessed saint to God will come along and try to encourage you. But you have to say, that's all right. I'm still going to bend my knee and pray. Why? Because faith, I already hear an abundance of rain coming. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there for somebody. Oh, somebody read this portion of Scripture with Luke 22, 39 through 46. Not everybody at once. Brother Anderson. I go to this poor scripture was one point I meant to mention here and it's a very important point in regards to vain repetitions what the Lord was saying there is we can pray with our mouth but our heart is not in it there's where the issue is it's a sad day when we can get down and pray and when we get up we can't even remember what we prayed about because all we were doing is saying all these things we have memorized for our prayer time. When you really know you had a prayer time is when you get up and you felt God when you were praying. And vain repetition won't get you there. So we can go through it with all it's is is mouth. But there's no heart and no feeling in that. That's what he's talking about with the vain repetitions. Not that you can't pray for the same thing. But when we pray, folks, we need to have our heart in it. We need to have our spirit in it. We need to really feel the burden of prayer when we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Now I want you to look at this verse of scripture. It ties hand in hand with that. Verse 44 says this, And being in an agony, 
he prayed was more earnestly. And his sweat was as if it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Everybody say more earnestly. More earnestly. More earnestly. Folks, that's a little bit more than these vain repetitions. Even though he prayed three times saying the same words, it, he wasn't, it wasn't vain repetition with him. Folks, it was earnesty, earnest in prayer. He was, his mind, his spirit, his body, everything was engaged in the prayer. Let me tell you something, if your mind is wondering why you are praying and it's all out there, wandered over to where your job is and wandered out to your car and wandered up, then you better bring into captivity every thought because now you're not doing what you need to do in prayer. In your prayer, close out everything. And if your mind starts going here and there, then you need to stop and have a prayer right there. God, help me to focus right here and bring my mind, come on church, mind into, folks, you can't do well on your job when your mind is everywhere. Then how can you expect to do well in your prayers when your mind is everywhere? No, we've got to have our minds into the game, folks. Our hearts got to be in our prayers. It has got to be everything in us in our prayers. Because God just doesn't hear words. He looks on the heart in our prayers. He looks at us and says, do they really mean that? Or is it just lip service today? This is good stuff. More earnestly. Now look at this. I want you to look at this portion of Scripture because we're looking at a writing according to Paul here, and I want you to see he's referring back to the incident of Christ. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Who in the days of his flesh, everybody say who in the days of his flesh, Ready? Christ. When he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Will of God. Our prayers have got to be in accordance to the will of God. They need to line up with the will of God. Your flesh can be fighting and you can be praying with all earnest, but it's got to be according to what God really wants for your life. And are you ready? When God doesn't answer, don't get mad at God. Trust God in those moments, folks. Ready? He goes on and says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Perfect. Wow. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Who are we talking about? Jesus Christ. He's talking about Jesus Christ who was in the flesh. That's what he said. That little phrase right before he tells us who that is. It was, it was in the flesh. Ready? Who in the days of his flesh. Everybody say, of his flesh. This was the man, Christ Jesus, as much a human being as you and I. And then look what it says. When he had offered up prayers in the flesh and supplication with strong crying and tears because the only way he could do it was in the flesh. Couldn't cry in the, he couldn't cry as a spirit. He couldn't offer up tears as a spirit. Had to be in the flesh and he cries and has tears. This verse reveals that Jesus' spirit and emotions are engaged in his prayer time. Oh my. Wow. More earnestly. Why? His emotions and his spirit. Little s there. 
spirits are engaged in his prayer time. Ready? Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong cryings and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. There's your verse again. Ready? We're going to look at it again. When he had offered up prayers and supplications, we left out a little part, unto him that was able to save him from death. Prayers and supplication unto him that was able to save him from death. I'm going back to Elijah. I got faith, God, before I ever bend my knees to pray that you are a prayer answering God. Before I ever bend my knees to pray, I got faith, God, that your will will be done. Whatever you want to do, I just trust you, God. Amen. Ready? The man Christ Jesus knew where his strength and hope was anchored. That's why he prayed. He really knew for a fact his hope wasn't in those 12 guys that he came with him. It wasn't in his friends because they couldn't even stay awake. They wasn't going to be there for him. He knew where they were going to go. He knew where those chips were going to fall. He knew. So then he knew he had to anchor his hope. Where? Unto him that was able to save him from death. Oh, if you're not praying, then you don't believe that God is your anchor and strength. Read the verse. Read the context. I wish we could read the whole thing again. Man, he's being driven to prayer, crying and in tears. Why? Because he knew where his hope was. He knew where his strength was. And that drove him to prayer. If that's true, flip the coin and there's your answer. You don't really believe an anchor. He's your anchor and your strength. That's why you're not praying. <laughs> but he is. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it without him. No way. Uh-uh. Ready? Psalm 121. We still got plenty of time. I haven't been teaching very long here. So we're going to get, I don't think we're going to get done, but because we still a long ways from the end there. But we tried. Psalm 121. I was going to do like a couple of verses, but I thought it would be good for us to read the whole chapter there. Psalm 121. I'm going back to this right here. If you're not praying, then you don't believe that God is your anchor and strength. That's reality. So now then we go to Psalm 121. Let's read this thing. Anybody? Come on. Yes, Brother Hendrickson, read it nice and loud. I'm going to be praying. I said, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to lift my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. I'm going to be praying because I'm looking at God for this thing. That's what he's saying. I'm going to look unto the hills from which cometh my strength and my help and everything I need. Go ahead and read. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm not. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm going to pray. Guess what? You can't get up so early in the morning that God's not awake. I want to get up really early and pray in the morning. He's already going to be awake. Because he neither slumbers nor sleeps, folks. Oh, isn't this encouraging? Go ahead, Brother Hendrickson. How many of you are encouraged by those verses? Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that awesome? But how does it start? Verse 1 starts with what? He's saying, guess what? 
This is what all God in the, is and all the benefits from God. But guess how it starts? And I am going to look unto God. Because I trust God in all of these situations. Oh, hallelujah, folks. Starts with prayer. It's starting with prayer. I'm going to look unto the hills. I'm going to look unto God, which is my hope and my help every day, God. Hallelujah. Hopefully I can get away. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Why? My help cometh from the one I'm praying to which made heaven and earth and all that dwells therein, folks. Oh, somebody shout amen. amen. We got a prayer answering God. Can you agree with that tonight? Oh, hallelujah. I'm not for sure if we're going to get all the way through this. We're getting pretty close here. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm thinking if I start down that, it's going to take, let's uh, see. I don't think we have time for another 30 slides. So, probably can't finish this one. So, literally. So that's not going to happen. So hopefully tonight you've been helped with this so far, and that's this. Number one is it's all right to pray more than once. When you pray, you need to make sure that it's not just your mouth, but also your heart and your spirit is in it. You need to pray before you bend your knees and start praying. You need to believe God is going to hear your prayer and answer according to His will. Come on, that's what Elijah did. You got to believe it before you ever bend down and start praying. God, thy will be done. I'm going to go ahead and pray, but I know, God, your will is going to be done. But you commanded me to pray, so I'm going to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Disciples asked him to do one thing teach us to pray. They didn't say, hey, teach us how to preach, teach us how to teach, teach us how to walk on water. <laughs> Nothing. They said one thing, you know what? We'd like you to teach us how to pray. Is there something that they picked up in being around Jesus every day? Do you think this book records every action of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. The book it says, uh, the books in the world couldn't even contain all the things that he did. So it's not all his actions not in there. So then we can make it, assume in our minds this one thing. They must have been seeing him pray every day. Matter of fact, they must have seen him praying so much that they figured, hey, he's an expert on this thing. And if he has to pray and he sees an email, then you know what? I think the key for us to be successful is for us to ask, what is the very key for your success, Jesus? Oh, prayer. Then could you teach us how to... It must be what they had seen what they had observed while living with Jesus that caused them to say, if I'm going to be like him, I'm going to have to do like him. It's good stuff. It's a whole other Bible study I'm working on, that part right there. But let's all stand. Yes. That's right. Amen. Absolutely. Good word. Absolutely. Well, if you don't have your faith, you're not going to pray anyway. <laughs> That's a fact, too. Let's all stand. But we can get to the point we go through, and that's what he's talking about, vain repetition. Just saying prayers. Really never expect them to be answered anyway. The pastor said we had to pray. <laughs> Bucket list. Here we go. It's for today. Prayed. Read my Bible. Got my coffee. I'm ready. Latte, then fruit drink, whatever you have. Shot of caffeine, whatever you do. Espresso. Getting closer. Thank God for his precious word, folks. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The psalmist was saying, I'm going to have to look to God. And how do we look to God? It's more than just us looking with our physical eyes. It's in our prayers. 
that we're looking unto God. Can we do that right now? Lord, we are so thankful tonight. God, for your goodness, your mercy and kindness, Lord, to every one of us. You are our strength and our redeemer. God, we recognize, Lord, that if it took prayer, God, for us to be saved, and oh, God, for our new birth experience, then, God, it's going to take prayer, Lord, for us to be saved, oh, God, until the day, Lord, that you call us home. Lord, we must use it every day, oh God, if we are to secure our salvation. Lord, thank you again, God, for the privilege of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, to know who you are, Lord Jesus, and that you, oh God, have made yourself available, Lord, to us. Thank you, God, that your ears, oh Lord, are open to hear, oh God, and that we, oh Lord, have voice, oh God, to lift up, and you have provided us with breath to breathe that we may truly use it, oh God, for praise unto you and prayer to the King of glory, Lord. Pray, God, give us a greater desire and burden, Lord, in prayer, that we may affect our world, oh God, and fight, oh Lord, this battle on our knees, Lord, that many souls be born again of the water and of the Spirit according God, to your word, to you, God, be all glory and honor and praise, Lord, for you are our strength, God, every day. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. These lessons I'm teaching is the reason why we no longer have service starting at 7.30 on Wednesday nights. We have service start at 7 o'clock because our church starts with prayer. Amen. That's the way it is at the Palace Praise. You, uh, remember, remember, there is uh, Bible quizzing at seven o'clock on Thursday night. Uh, Bible quizzing, and then on Friday night, the youth.